This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello and welcome to the Publicly Challenged Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Oswald, and I hope you join me on my quest for knowledge to become a better public land hunter, angler, and forager. Stick with this and who knows, maybe we will learn something together. All right, real quick before we get started on the show, I'm just going to talk about Treeline Academy. You've heard me say it. I can't even tell you how many times. Um, Mark Livesey is treelineacademy.net. That's treelineacademy.net. Sign up. Use the promo code PC2020. Save yourself 20 bucks. Can't say it enough. It's awesome. Amazing. Most comprehensive e-scouting course out there. Check it out for yourself. Sign up. Use promo code PC2020. And now let's get to the show. Okay, so I'm sitting here and I have Yana Robertson on and we're going to talk all kinds of cool stuff and get to know her. So Yana, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? All right. Thank you very much, Luke. And thanks for having me here. Um, so stoked to be here. So introducing myself, I see myself, I guess, as a, a wild woman, outdoor, traditional bow hunter, graphic designer inspiration nomad i guess <laughs> that's cool that's cool so let's talk a little bit because you, you probably had a pretty interesting childhood growing up around yes. your dad and your brother and the whole family pretty much right i mean it was a family operation doing what you guys did and kind of tell people about that okay sure um Robertson Stickbow is the name of my family's business. And I was pretty much born with a traditional bow in my hand. My dad has been making, man, traditional archery equipments for whew, 40 plus odd years. He was, you know, one of the founding dues of the traditional bow hunters of Montana, professional bow hunter society. So I know a lot about trad archery, trad bow hunting, and that's what I've grown up doing. And that's how I, I guess, connect with the woods and pretty much feed myself. 
that's awesome. by means of meat, I guess. So that yeah, is, yeah, that is so cool. So let's kind of. I'm kind of curious. So like, what what do you think would have happened when you were a kid if you sat down at the dinner table and said, "Dad, I think I want to shoot a compound bow." <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh no. Ah, oh, I would be disowned. Oh, so disowned. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that just what I can't even, I don't want to imagine it. It'll put me in a bad place. No, I think, I think it's really cool. I think it's awesome that like you guys just the whole traditional lifestyle and making the bows. And I mean, so like, what was your role when you were, when you were doing all that kind of stuff for the family okay. business? Yeah. All right. Well, my very first little job ever, I guess, was uh, cleaning the shop, you know, dusting it, um, using a broom and rocking out with my brother as we cleaned the shop after dad had a day's hard day's work. And then uh, that evolved to making uh, the like the leather bow wraps, the handles that go around longbows. I would cut those and help sew those. And my dad would pay me for that. And that's how I'd get you know, earn how, learn how money works and, you know, how to earn what I wanted in life. Right. Um, if I wanted chapstick or whatever <laughs> little thing I wanted at that time. Right. And then, um, that evolved to then making bow strings and then, wow, that just evolved even more. So at one time I was glue gluing up bows. I was the glue up girl. Um, but turns out I am I'm really messy, so I didn't do a very good job at it. Uh, so I didn't. I ended up um, not hanging out in the shop as I got older. Um, I liked the woods and stuff. I just kind of took a different turn in life, I guess. Maybe boys happened and and stuff, so I didn't spend as much time in the shop then. And then uh, college started, and I started understanding more about the world and how it worked, and wanted to know more about you know, my lifestyle, I came from again in my, my family's livelihood. So I reconnected with that. And, um, now I just, I just love bow making. I am not into power tools, but I love the primitive bow making style. I love making arrows and I love watching my dad and brother make bows. I'm just, you know, not into actually making them myself, but I will hunt with them all day long. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, when, let me ask you this: When you when you were okay. cut, cutting the leather and putting the leather for the for the the handles on or the grip, yep. were, yeah, were you like forming them, like getting it wet and forming it, or how were you going about um, that? Um, n- no, not at that time. At that time, like the leather's already done. I guess you know it's like commercial grade leather. I guess you could say, and there's just a form I'd have to put over it and like trace it with a pin and trace little holes and then punch them out with a special leather you know hole puncher and, leather punch yeah yep yep and then but it's like a hand one i don't i like an owl i guess you would call it i'm really bad at specific terminology A-W-L. so you'll have to bear owl. with me yeah 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 and then um sew them up kind of using a fake sinew yep artificial so sinew. real yeah yeah our, our real sinew is like super expensive and kind of hard to you know make in well i shouldn't say hard it's just time consuming to make for right uh, leather project so yeah <laughs> no it's so pretty cool because I, I mean i was just kind of curious because i started down a traditional like i didn't start on the traditional path but i gravitated towards that and i actually did shoot traditional for a little while but then okay. i kind of got out of it just because i don't i feel bad i don't have enough time to actually practice it and a right, compound bows right. let's just face it it's easier it, it's they're different beasts 
that's mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah, you take it takes some commitment, but it's it's a lot like riding a bike. You your muscles remember it after you do it for so long. So you know, that's something to keep in mind. <laughs> yeah. But that but the whole traditional <laughs> path led me yeah. down a whole nother path of creating my own things. So it started out I was like, Good. I want an arm guard. And I was like, Good. I'm not gonna buy one. I'll make one. So I took oh, antler so cool. and I cut buttons and I and I soaked it in um, uh, la- not lacquer but uh, like a resin so it actually epoxy okay. resin so it actually filled the the pores of the bone and yeah then I took the artificial sinew and sewed it up and I took a wood a leather burn a wood burner and burned my own etched my own design into it and just kind of ran with it and I was like okay now what am I going to build? You know, like I need more things, right? Yes. So then it was like, okay, let's build a quiver. Well, I really like the, uh, the safari tough quivers. Okay. okay. But I didn't want to buy one of those. So I made my own <laughs> with the same <laughs> cutout in the side and the strap. So it goes on my back and the cover for my feathers and all kinds of cool stuff like that. And it just kind of took me down a whole nother path. And then I was like, well, I got this knife. I'd like to put this knife with a nice bone handle on my quiver well, I guess oh I'll have to learn God. how to make a sheath. So it was like <laughs> the whole trad archery thing turned into a whole nother thing. And now, like, if I need a holster or something, I can make myself a holster for a gun or do whatever. And I've done all kinds of cool stuff like that. Like, I made myself a, for my 357 pistol for deer hunting. I actually made myself like a like a bandolier almost to hold it up on my chest. Pretty cool stuff. Okay. So it just led okay. me down a road that was like, yes. you know, it opened up. It opened up my mind right. to so many things. I was like, that's awesome. So, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's badass. So what kind of creativity has it done for you? I mean, you, are you shooting oh modern gosh. arrows or are you still shooting wood? Um. Well, <laughs> tricky question there, especially <laughs> depending who's listening right now. Uh, uh, technically, I shoot um, carbon arrows. And the reason I shoot carbon arrows is because I switch my bows all the time. Um, because I practice and teach other people archery, I often shoot the same bow that they're shooting with or similar bow. And so having a consistent arrow weight for me is important versus if I could have like a perfect world, I would be hunting 100% with wood arrows. The, there's a romance with wood arrows. It's even harder to hunt with those and they have to match your bow perfectly. So Say I picked a bow early on in the year and I practiced with that one, then I could definitely commit to hunting with wood arrows. But since I switch around so much, I have to stay with my carbon arrows. So let's so, let's get yeah. to the next one. Steel or stone okay. steel or stone point. Oh gosh. All right. I've got to plead the fifth on this one. <laughs> in trouble. Um uh, I yeah, I'm moving on. <laughs> so let's Stone's let's, let's go, go to the, yeah stone is cool but what <laughs> yeah. if it's a steel point that you made i actually work with a guy that yeah. makes oh his own gosh. bows and okay. so i've asked him i'm like well what do you use for arrows well they're they're kind of wood i'm like what do you mean wood he's like well these, <laughs> there's these trees i don't even know what they're called but i go and find some really straight branches and i, I cut them off and i, I taper them down because i already have a taper on them i just kind of straighten them I, and, and I use those. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah. And then I cut a notch in it, a V notch. <laughs> and then I cut a little bit further into it and I tie it up with sinew and it tightens it up and it makes a perfect knocking point. I'm like, what? 
So right. I have no idea what kind of, but so he made, I was like, well, what kind of points are you? He goes, oh, well, I tried napping for a while. And he goes, you know, a piece of glass can turn out a pretty good arrowhead. He goes, but I just didn't have, have the time I wanted to do that. He goes, so I made my own out of steel. I was like, really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cool. Wow. He's an out of the box thinker. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Sure. This, this guy makes him. his own like cedar strip canoes. He has all kinds of projects. He does all the time. Oh, He's cool. pretty interesting dude. But, um, like so what like do you, do you flint nap? I don't. My dad does. I don't. Um, I'm anyone who knows me knows I'm kind of knife scary at times. I actually have slit my finger and <laughs> had nerve surgery. So after I kill a critter, it's really important. I calm my emotions down before I go anywhere near the field dressing. Well, that process. makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> so, I actually lost yeah. nerve, nerve feeling in my hand too. I used, ah. so I used to make knives. <laughs> And, and when I was making the knives, I clamped it down on the table and I went with the drill press to drill in the tang of the the of the handle. Uh -huh. And yeah. when I did that, I caught on a burr. I was like, oh, maybe I'll try from the other side. So I flipped it over. And when I clamped it, I didn't like oh. clamp it good. And I actually clamped on, there's like ridges on the bottom of the the table of the drill press. Then I clamped onto that instead of the flat surface. So when it hit and it hit that burr again, it ripped it right out of the clamp and came around like a helicopter and i'm ambidextrous oh. so like most of the time i do things left-handed other than like shoot a bow and certain things and shoot right. guns and rifles so i reached okay. up with my left hand to turn it off and in doing so let go of the drill press handle at the same time and it came around like a helicopter and cut up three fingers really bad oh no oh no oh no oh <laughs> so i'm familiar with the nerve damage like right. my fingertip yeah. just now, like within the past, like two years has feeling in it. So I right. went like yep. six, seven years wow. without feeling. Okay. Right. I feel you. I know what you mean. <laughs> Literally. I know. <laughs> it makes for cool oh, parlor tricks man. though, right? You could hold the lighter under it. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't feel this. Just. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we, okay. we're not going to answer the question about the points then, huh? Okay. That's no, fine. we're not. We're going to move on on that one. Okay. <laughs> so what, what would dad prefer you to hunt with? Um, actually, it, let's say I have the ultimate goal myself to have as primitive possible equipment someday. But at this point, I'm also trying to hunt harder animals. <laughs> so it's kind of. That's it's so tricky. So dad, of course, would probably wish I'd go as primitive as possible. Um, but at the same time, I also need to be more lethal. And I'm, you know, right. I'm a chick. I have to get closer to the critters. So That's not true. Um, I don't believe uh, that. Okay, you're probably right. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, when, I, when you shoot a lighter poundage bow, you do got to sometimes get a little, right. little closer. Yeah. But yeah, it's a... All right, moving on again. <laughs> so, I, so I recently interviewed a guy and I asked him, like, you know, what's your kind of thing? Or, and he said he wants to, like, how there's the triple crown, whatever that is. He wants to yep, do his own yeah. do his own triple crown. And okay. it's shoot a turkey, okay. take the feathers from the wing, cut, it, cut okay. his own feathers, fletching. Splice them. Okay. Splice them, do all that, put them on yeah. a trad bow shoot a deer with that trad arrow he made with the turkey feathers and then take okay. the deer hair and tie a fly and fly fish and catch Ooh, a fly. I was like, oh, that's okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, challenge accepted. Well, that's I don't know fun. if I can do that, but uh, 
We'll see. Oh man, that would be fun. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, do you fly fish much? I'm learning to fly fish. Yes. Me too. Uh, my <laughs> friend, my roommate, is a fly fish. Or before, obviously, my uh, fiance I live with now was a fly fishing guide, and so she's been so awesome to teach me. That's cool. Yeah, I just yeah. went out on my first fly fishing excursion. Oh yes, and how did that go for you? It was awesome. Caught a ton of fish. I didn't. Yeah. I guess you're supposed to, uh, you know, paint flat ceilings, and I was painting igloos the whole time and trying to okay. shadow cast like I'm in the river runs through it. But other than that, it was cool. Yeah, and it was fun. You... And even though the guy was like, <laughs> the guide was looking at me like, oh boy, this guy. But I caught a bunch of fish, so you know, hey, that's whatever. What, hey. You, you had fun. You got the fish goal. Complete. I did a lot. There was a lot of like Indiana Jones whipping the line. Like you could hear it crack. Like I didn't let it go far enough out and back, you know, but whatever. All right. They were, they were whatever. talking crap to me and, and, you know, telling me, Oh, Hey, listen, quit, quit whipping it. But you know what? I was still catching fish. So that's all that matters. That's all that matters. If we were hungry, we would have made it. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. So we were fishing for smallmouth too. So that was fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be fun. Super fun. Um, so you live kind of an interesting life as far as like how you live. And true. you want to like, or you know what? Let's rewind that. So okay. you met your husband. You had a fiance. Fiance. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Soon to be husband. We'll say. Soon to be husband. Um, yeah. And there was a pretty cool proposal going on there. Yes. You want to talk about true. that? Start okay. from the beginning and go for it. Sure. All right. Um, well, Cody, my fiance, betrothed, and I met, actually, we met off the internet. I was working at Onyx Math as a creative director and was super busy. And he was working um, as an asphalt manager, super busy. And we um, found each other off of like, I can't remember, like plenty of fish or something like that and met. And I, um, it's like, it was weird because like, um, I just instantly kind of knew like he was, he was a pretty great guy and I wanted to hang out with him some more. And as time evolved, we got to know each other better. Obviously our relationship evolved. Um, he switched his job and he moved in with me and, um, he told me he had this dream that he wants to have an off-grid life and an off-grid homestead. And I thought, all right, like, let's do it. So we we were living with my friend Kelly at the time, transitioning, trying to figure out what we wanted to do. And um, he has some property here out in Alberton, Montana. And so we made the the commitment. And so three years ago, I quit my fancy tech job, started a business, and we moved out off the grid. And we've been building our little sanctuary awesome place ever since. That's awesome. So, yeah. um, how about the, oh, the proposal? The proposal I part. totally yeah. got. No, it's cool. It's cool because we're proposal. gonna. I want to. I want to learn more about the homestead thing. It's really cool, okay. but I want to hear the proposal right. part first. The proposal. All right. So I um, I made up my mind a long time ago. I guess I really. I mean, I didn't ever really want to get married, and it wasn't anything against marriage. It just was, um, not necessarily something everybody that. Uh, I appreciated it in my life could do. Um, and so I kind of thought that was unfair. And as times have changed and people who, you know, pretty much love each other, anyone can get married. I realized what, 
those commitments are like and how important they are. And knowing that Cody is just this amazing guy and just, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky to have him in my life. And he's had me grow so in such great positive ways. I just, um, knowing he was going to spend the rest of my, our lives together anyway, he knew flat out that I never, ever wanted to get married. So it was just out of the question. Don't even think about proposing. The answer will be nobody. Um, I, uh, I just, I flipped the switch. Some, I mean, I'm just so crazy about it. Something happened to me and I, I, um, I called up a buddy of mine and I asked him or actually just messaged him on Instagram. He makes beautiful arrows. I asked him if he would make me a special set of arrows that asked the question of, will you marry me? And he said he could do it. And I was so excited. And so then I went, I, I told my parents and my brother who was home um, from Alaska at the time that I was going to propose to Cody. And of course, everybody cried because they all knew like I never wanted to get married, yada, yada. And um, so my dad helped build a bow to help me ask the question. And so uh, the finishing touch on the bow was to name it. And so I named it Say Yes. So on the arrows, it says will you marry me and on the bow it says say yes so I kind of set him up for the answer but (laughs) uh, I uh, booked this uh, cabin actually in the forest service and then COVID happened (laughs) and all that stuff got canceled and I was freaking out and stressing out because I've been working on how am I going to propose to him and I want it to be special and have these bows and arrows and and everything and I actually was able to find an outfitter that was willing to help me out there and um, so I wasn't able to propose at like the exact place I wanted to but I was able to pop the question and I got it on video and he said yes actually he said yes three times and I didn't hear him because my heart was beating so loudly but <laughs> um, so yeah like kudos to all you dudes who pop the question because I totally understand what a nervous wreck you probably are and yep. if you're not creative when you do it then for shame because your love deserves some creativity so my wife when i first met her said i'm never getting married i don't want kids i want to live in the city blah 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 all these things right and um just recently i asked her i said so how much do you think you've changed and your perspective has changed? And she's like, oh my gosh. And first of all, we live in the country. We live outside <laughs> outside of town of a very rural town. I mean, oh, good. We're, we're rural. And then on top of that, we've got three kids, <laughs> total opposite <laughs> of everything she's ever said. And we dated, my wife and I dated for a while, like six years. And okay, then, good. so she... And then so when I asked her to marry me, she's like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? And so I still give her crap about that because I'm like, why wouldn't you just say yes? You made me so nervous when you said that. And she's like, I didn't mean it like that. And she then she's like, I just meant like, what took you so long? Of course I'm going to want to marry you. So it was cool. But like, you know, yes, I can understand. It's it's nerve wracking nerve-wracking yeah. so nerve-wracking and so she thought i was just like kneeling over to tie my shoe or something and oh, i totally wasn't what a surprise yeah. oh so fun 
Yeah. So I still give her crap about it though, but totally like understand the whole like, oh, I'm never going to marry. Don't like, so for a while there, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to ask her anyway. It doesn't matter. I love her. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to. Lesson learned. Never say never, I guess. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she didn't want kids, didn't want to, she wanted to live in the city. Here we are in the country. And now she says she wouldn't trade this life for anything in the world. And I may have ruined her because now she could never (laughs) live in town. So. Oh my gosh. Well, her and I have a lot in common, it sounds like. So good for her. Good, right on. Personal growth. That's what this is all about, right? Yeah. So so then, like, at what point, like, when when did you start your own business? I started my own business pretty much the same time I quit Onyx Maps and uh, we decided to live off the grid. It was, like, almost all in, like, a September, October month. And I was also doing a side gig um, which was like a lifelink, a reality TV show plot or pilot, excuse me, oh. up in Wyoming. So it was a crazy time. So, and I mean, that's obviously hunting season. You were, <laughs> so, wait, you were working yeah. on the show or you were on the show? I Well, a little bit of both. I was um, the online social media coordinator kind of. Um, and then, well, not really kind of, that was how it went. And then also, um did part of the I was on camera a little bit kind of as the secondary show host so uh yeah the in the show that there was someone who had to leave the competition due to health reasons and so Uh. that you know they needed two people on camera at the time and so instead of doing like the Facebook lives like I was doing they threw me in front of the lens and that's just how that went and it went fine and yeah, so Did it that was one hurt? project. Um, it's actually a work in progress, but you can uh, you can see the episode on the Facebook page on LifeLink. It's actually a good hour, and it's pretty fun to watch. And they're we're all well. There's three competitors, and they're hunting public lands. So that's awesome. That's my yeah, favorite thing LifeLink. to do. Yeah, check it out. So yeah, yeah, I love the challenge, and I'm publicly challenged, and hence the name of the podcast. So it all. Yeah. Right. Heck yeah. So, I mean, it was like, like, just like with my podcast and everything, when, when I had, the, I had the idea for a while, you know, there was the inception and then it was like that aha moment. I need to do it. And then the actual putting it together and doing it. What was that like for you? Or was it just like, huh, I think I want to do a clothing business. Um, oh, well, I guess the way that I do or we print the product is pretty cutting edge and it's eco-friendly and people didn't know about it and I'm a weirdo and I like doing (laughs) not normal things and so when I learned about this and got like an actual tip from my coworker who told me like hey you'd be actually pretty good at this I was like um that's actually pretty fun like I could do that and so I did a little bit of a dry run while I was still obviously working I mean I could just quit my job to take on this um awesome dream right um with the backcountry hunters and anglers they've been for, th- with me through this whole process which has been so wonderful they let me make uh my first little custom design and during their event i i kind of soft launched it and it went well and the data told me everything i needed to know and as a creative with a technical background i just put you know two and two together and I mean, who doesn't like leggings? 
ladies love leggings. That's Dudes true. like to look at ladies in leggings. This I can make country true. fishing and foraging themed leggings and have all the inspiration come from my outdoor experiences. So I built a business on it. And I had so many people tell me I couldn't do it. I mean, I had so many naysayers and I just am so glad I didn't listen to any of them. Cause never, never listen to the yeah. naysayers. Yeah. It was, it was just, yeah, totally, totally follow your dreams. And so here I am and it's happening and it's exciting and reaching five-year goals in three years and trying to figure out what I'm going to do now. It's fun. And I live off the grid, so I don't always have enough power to do everything I want to do. <laughs> so it's, um, it's fun. It's exciting. Uh, we were going to do, or I was going to get an office in town and obviously that ha- didn't happen due to COVID. So we put up Walton as an office for a bit. And I'm sometimes my campers, the office, and now we're actually working on a, an, a so decent office for you've me. You've had so, though, yeah. I mean, you've had, like, it's not like your collection just started. I mean, cause I've seen what, cause Ty Stubblefield was wearing your, your <laughs> leg. Yeah. I'm pretty sure a women's yeah. pair of leggings. For in, sure. <laughs> in uh, a competition that he did against somebody in the rendezvous because yeah. it was all virtual, <laughs> stupid, <It's> actually... <laughs> stupid COVID. But, yeah, stupid COVID. Um, but yeah, that wasn't no. the launch of him, was it? I mean, because I've seen. No, no. Yeah, it was no, way I before said... that, right? Yeah. So yeah, I'd been around. That was just this spring, right? Right. So, yes. Yeah. Because so I was going to say, years. I'm pretty sure like a couple of years ago. I hate to admit this. I don't actually have any of your collection. But well, I mean, I don't expect you to. So. Well, why not? You got guy stuff. Yeah, that's actually I do have guy stuff. So yeah, as soon so, as yeah, well, how dare you not have my stuff? It was so. about a year ago, I think, when you came up with the guy stuff, and I was like, oh, yeah. finally yep. some guy stuff because, like, Lindsay yep. was wearing your leggings forever, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Nothing there for me. And then I saw something. I think it was like you posted something or something about, hey, we got a guy's collection now. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm pretty scatterbrained, too. Like, I'll get on something and start looking at it and doing stuff. And then I'll just get distracted or I'll have to, like, be pulled away from it. And it seems like I never get back to it. And so I hate to admit it. I'm sorry. But, like, three different times I've had stuff in my cart to buy from your I website you. and still haven't done it yet so so you're one of those abandonment cart rate people <sighs> I <know>. i'm sorry <laughs> yeah, oh but, it's all good so like so my fun. favorite you want to know my favorites of them is i do i bet I do. you you can guess try and guess let's see if you can guess because... oh, okay um is does it have an elk on it like is that elk one of the elk designs uh, actually the primitive press Oh my! Okay, that makes sense. Because cool. I mean, if you look at my logo yeah. and look at the primitive, yeah. Press, oh my gosh, I so should have put that together. Because <laughs> so when I had my logo designed, my whole thing was like, I want something that's like representative of like primitive, like cave drawings or something like that, right? Petroglyphs, right. and so that's what like the designer kind of based it off of. And I was like, I kind of want to incorporate like a rifle scope somehow in there so that's like the yeah. circle with the two line the four lines yeah. in it you know so like yeah. it's it's subtle on that stuff but that's that was my goal is like I, I want like a rifle scope but i want like a cave drawing archer type you know so that's like where right. that's where it all stemmed from so that's so cool 
Oh, a little hybrid. That's so cool. So the primitive press is one of my favorites. And then if you know me, I like foraging and learning about foraging. All right. So the so mushroom you like the collection. Real, yeah, the real mushrooms. And then the sure. next one is the old growth. And I was trying to, so okay. my whole thing okay. was like, do I get an old growth shirt and morel <laughs> shorts? So it's like the morels are growing at the bottom of the old growth forest when I wear my outfit. That's how my whole thought process was. So <laughs> this is great research for me. Thank you so much. So I was like, oh man, I don't know. And I, I'd sit there and stare at my cart for like an hour and then I get distracted and get pulled away from it because it's just cool and so many choices and you got to make the right choice. <laughs> so. That's, that's, I, I understand. Okay. It's, it can be difficult. Yes. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, <laughs> but tell everybody about your business and like, I'm talking about it. Okay. Like everybody assumed, like I assume everybody knows what it is. So <laughs> Uh, my business is called Pure Venatic, um, that is V-E-N-A-T-I-C, and it goes off of the Latin root word of veni, like venison, and that means to hunt. So pretty much means pure hunter, and really it just is a playoff of, you know, going after your pursuits, whether it be hunting, fishing, foraging, exploring, adventure, right? And so I take designs that... um. I make, I guess. Well, of course I make them. There's no guess in them. They, <laughs> I feel like I get help from nature. It's not like I just come up with how awesome nature looks, right? So it's it's a collaborative process. So nature helps me come up with some, some designs. They go through my brain and through my computer and I come up with a print file. And then that print file, it it looks like you know, for example, morel mushroom and we print it on leggings or shorts or whatever product you decide to order up at the time and it's unique because we make it generally right when you order it it saves on a bunch of one cost so then the product doesn't have to cost nearly as much as it could cost because believe me it could be crazy and then um also it uses a lot less water it's you know it's water-based ink even though all the artwork stays it's just this really awesome technology that i'm still having a hard time even explaining obviously <laughs> and it goes right on this white fabric we print it like out of a printer practically if you can envision that and then cut it and sew it and send it off to the people that order it so it's neat in the way that it I can come up with a design and, you know, if push comes to shove, have it done, done within, you know, two weeks and we're rocking and rolling. And it's just, it's, I don't know, it's just really cool. It seems, it seems more efficient it? than having to order a bunch of reams of different, I think that's what they call it, right? Reams, reams yep, yep. of fabric and, right. and, you know, have to have x amount of designs for each ream of fabric and then different materials for leggings and different materials for shorts and shirts it makes sense right i mean makes sense yeah you don't necessarily have to produce so many at a certain time to make a certain cost so it actually ends up costing less to create the product or on the retail end if that makes sense so um similar leggings or you know really awesome art say you have to print them all at one time it might actually cost more 
this sounds so backwards, but it might actually cost more in the long run because it's just like not mass produced. So you don't have to market up, say, to like sell it and get your cost. Right, right. I'm going to loot. And so it's just, you can just get your cost and you don't have to, you know, you can, I don't know, everyone can enjoy the art more, I guess. Yes. No, and I always thought they were cool, but it was just, at the time, it was like just leggings. And I was like, well, that's cool, but what's that got to do with me? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's such a, oh my gosh. And as the business person, it's so hard to know, like, should I make, I could make legging designs all day long and just, oh my gosh, I would love it. And, but you fellas, you're a different breed sometimes. Like your legs are different. So yeah, I don't want so to leggings, make a design. Really. Yeah. Look good. It just, it's just not the same. <laughs> Most of so. us don't have butts. It just falls flat off right there. Yeah. Right. So, unless, um, unless there's yeah. those guys that work out all the time and do squats and I gotta admit, I'm not one of them. That's okay. No one's yeah. judging. Really. Yeah. So Maybe I Lindsay. I don't have that <laughs> the backside like some some dudes do. My wife tells me that's I have okay. no butt. <laughs> that's that's right. We all have different bodies and they're all <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, um, what else? I mean, like, what else you got going with it? So you you started out with leggings. Now you've got started out with leggings. Men's collection as well, and yeah, I've evolved to joggers. I'm actually wearing joggers right now, which in essence is just tight fitting sweatpants with love tight fitting pockets. Sweatpants. Yeah, yes, and so uh, they're so comfortable. I just I haven't taken them off on I'll admit and since I live off the grid and don't see many people I don't have to shower that often <laughs> so I probably do to change my joggers but I probably won't till tomorrow <laughs> so. so do you guys actually yeah. let's get into that then we'll just we'll, we'll okay. roll right into it they've got really cool all patterns right. people go check yeah. them out they're cool yeah. we could talk about Thanks. them all day but there's so much other stuff I want to learn so yeah. right. moving on <laughs> so do you have like let's talk about your off-grid home pretty cool okay we did a little bit before but let's get into it like how did it evolve how did it start what are you learning along the way that's like oh oh my gosh we need this we should have done this (laughs) oh my gosh so much and i never thought i would care about the things i care about now and i could care less about so much stuff i used to care about um one first i could say is an unlimited hot shower is just means a lot to me like (laughs) i when I get to go home or enjoy some water prana, it's just, oh, I just am so appreciative towards that. So that being said, we haul our water. We fill up water jugs and um, big, wonderful, huge gallons and gallons of them and um, have a little pump and fill up our water. Or we could have it hauled in more, but we just haul it ourselves. And so that one keeps us in shape and also aware of our water usage and then that goes into uh, Cody would be so much better at this I'm really bad (laughs) with the technical part of stuff um you know like after you flush the toilet and stuff it goes into um septic septic, thank you and um that has to get pumped every so often and those guys have us on a pretty much a first name basis because we don't have like a huge septic since it's a tiny house so um yeah they come about twice a year and the the power we don't have the power bills because everything is pretty much run off of the solar panels which cody you know wired up himself he's um have i mentioned he's amazing but anyways yes, <laughs> he, yeah. 
He uh, did all the solar panel stuff, all the wiring in the house, built the whole house himself. And then in the winter when things get less than sunny or say I need to really use a lot of power for work or my business, we will start up the generator and maybe run it for an hour or two. And that will, you know, charge the batteries for probably a good another 24 to 36 hours, depending on how much consumption that I pretty much just have to use for um, the business. Something I really miss about living off the grid is having my own washing machine. Mm. That that um, man, I really miss being able with miss being able to wash clothes as I want to. But at the same time, it's just um, you know something you learn to do and you. So do you? have yeah. like a hand washing machine or are you use yeah, the old we school have... washboard with like the top <laughs> and the ringer both actually okay. but no <laughs> that's cool i've got we, some i don't use them i've got some <laughs> hanging on the wall of my laundry room but i don't actually use them but... you have to use it um antique stores i yeah we actually go to antique stores to buy things we actually use <laughs> so that's awesome um, yeah it's <laughs> always like let's go to the antique store see what they got so Anything cast iron that's oh, worth I love cast usually iron. comes home with us. That's pretty much so. all we cook on is cast yeah. iron. Or yeah. or she has like ceramic coated like cast iron. But right, right. other than that, that's that's pretty much what we use. I love it. My buddy used to own an antique store, so that's like where I got all my cool stuff from. Um, you know. Oh, yeah. Lucky. So he'd always tell me and I'd talk to him and be like, Hey, you got any uh, yeah, come on down, take a pick. That's and he was cool. so cool, like half the time he wouldn't even take my money but i feel bad for that because what cool stuff do i have to give him in return but you know <laughs> right well your your presence alone is a gift oh so thank you yeah <laughs> some people may disagree but <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah um, so you you use yeah. hand washing tools huh yeah we do and my um what is it like if I want to say make cookies or something? My little thing to beat everything with is a hand tool as well that hand I had to mixer. get from. Yeah, yeah, hand, hand mixer from. They make I was so like excited when I found that. <laughs> I do, yes, yes. So um, that was yeah, that's part of it. Uh, that's one cool. of the things I guess we learned the most is some things that are say propane or gas used or they say they can be used off the grid if there's anything electrical in them it's a lie it will just still suck your power so we had an oven that um you know was hooked up to a propane and everything but i actually had to run the generator to start it so then i could just get the like to go to power mm. and that was so annoying so i was so glad when we got our 100 percent off-grid po- propane oven and now we're actually eating so much oh, well, that's, better that's good so, so, so yeah so no propane utilities are amazing no wood burning we stove can't yet? no no wood burning stove um we have this is we live off good we have radiant heat and it's so warm that's what i was getting so how come you don't yeah. have unlimited hot water shower if you've got radiant heat well, it's just because of the water itself. So we, if there was like tons and tons of water, if we were, say, hooked up to a lot more water, we could have, I mean, I have a nice hot shower, right? Like, but I don't have like long hot showers. So to me, a long hot shower is probably like 10 minutes to you, some people on the grid or when my 
past live, I would say a long hot shower was probably 20 minutes and oh it was my. super steamy yeah. and stuff like that. Right now. So yeah, like we have hot water on demand. That part is super easy and you know, we don't have to think a lot about that. Uh, Cody was very uh, thought about that. So that was good. It's just the hauling the water part. So the so wood burner's outside. That's, yeah. that's cool. Though. The wood yeah. burner's outside. Well, yeah. it is, yeah. Um, no, with the, with the yeah. tubes running to the house, right? With the, yeah, a pump. Well, I'm a little confused. Hold on. What do you say? So you have a wood burner outside with the... No. How no, do you heat sorry. the water we, then? We have no wood heat at all due to um, insurance purposes. So we couldn't get house insurance if we had a wood burning stove or it was just crazy expensive. No, not so, a wood burning. No, I'm saying like the so. the shed outside is what oh. does the wood, right? And it burns it and heats the water and the hot radiant heat goes into the house. It's it's all like electrical radiant heat. Like if you were going to oh. someone else's normal house and you're like, you have radiant heat. It's all like that. So if we were hooked up to the grid, you would have no idea we actually lived off the grid. I gotcha. Okay. Because my buddy's yeah. dad sells wood-burning sheds Okay. that you throw the logs in and it burns right. and it has like a boiler built into the shed and yeah. then it's got water yep. lines that go into the house. Right. So then right. you're pumping the hot water into the house. That's what I thought you were talking about. So it's okay. something completely different. That's that's cool. Right. Yep. So it's yeah, like an electro is... boiler. Right. It's yeah, on demand. The Takagi. Man, I know that thing's name because I'm used to calling Cody being like, I don't know how to turn on the Takagi. <laughs> but and I'm still <laughs> saying it probably wrong. <laughs> but um I got it figured out now. I know how to run that sucker. That's but, good. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, it just makes it on demand as you want it. So, um, yeah. just kind of curious, like, what kind of foraging do you do? Ooh, all kinds of foraging, especially, well, honestly, it depends on the time of year because, as you know, different things come up at different times. So, morel mushrooms are obviously a favorite, and everyone loves those delicious little trees. Them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Recently, uh, I foraged some eat cap mushrooms and we fried them up and I actually saved half of them and I'm making ink. So I will cut up a feather and have my own little old school handwriting yeah. like ink situation going on. So cool. some things if we forage, you don't necessarily have to eat them. So it's kind of whatever's around. I like to forage rose hips um, and roses, but right now rose hips are around so you can make jams and jellies and you know yummy things like that if i was a bird i would getting i'd be getting way more pine nuts but they're <laughs> kind of tricky to get to <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah i mean that's it in a nutshell <laughs> but so like how did you learn yeah. all the things um, like how did you know what you could oh. eat and couldn't eat like you just um my grandma, actually, my grandma taught me a lot of what I know in the woods in regards to being a forager and knowing plants and flowers. And then that interest just keeps, it just kept growing. So I have so many books and I've read so many. I have probably every identification app you can think of. Um, I don't just, trust those apps just, at all. Oh, I'm no, be honest. never. There is never so many do. times I've taken a picture of something simple just to like test it to see right and it is exactly so far off and i'm like <laughs> so yeah far off. 
hopefully somebody doesn't rely on that to save their life or yeah. something. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Well, that's why we have to have every single one there is because you have to cross-reference everything. Yeah. They'll end so, up like that kid on the bus up in Alaska. Yeah, you don't want to end up like that. No, no, <laughs> no. And then, I mean, just a good community. I get to hang out with a lot of old timers. I am so fortunate to have a great you know, family and, and people who know what I'm up to. And if I send them a photo and ask them what this is, they know to, you know, let me know because I'm going to be curious. And if, you know, yes. they don't know, I'm going to tell them. <laughs> so That is one thing um, like this podcast yeah. has totally, totally, you know, made it more accessible from the people I've talked to and kind of some of them developed a relationship with and just texting, you know, back and forth and like, hey, I found this. I think it's this. Am I right? right? Am I wrong? And they're right. like, okay, well, look for these features. Does it have this? Or right. Does it have this? Yeah. Oh, it has that. Right. Okay. Well, what do you think? Do you think? Are you hundred percent sure? Well, now I'm not. You know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you know, it's really cool. You know, I've gotten a lot of help, especially like Abby Artemisia. I've, I've messaged her so many times. I feel bad, like oh, asking no, her. You know? Well, and it's, but it's good, and it helps everybody learn. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. So um, what kind of hunting have you been doing this year? You kind of talked, you mentioned that earlier, but we never really okay. got into it yet. Well, I've been, mainly I've been elk hunting on public land. So, wow, it's been so much fun. It's so exciting. I've had an amazing year. Such a lucky year. I haven't shot anything, no elk yet, but um, it's been so great. I had so many close encounters and have had to do some blood trailing so it's been just a great hunting season and hunting different areas learning well I mean they're my same spots but depending on the regs I can only hunt a cow here or hunt a bull here or a spike here so it's been really important to know the regs this year especially with um you know just public land hunting because it's just the borders are just so you have to know where everything's at and you have to do everything legally. And it's tricky if you don't know the regs. <laughs> so do you have like any other plans this year uh, besides elk hunting or what, what do you plan oh, yeah. on? Yep. So archery ends really soon here, which is very sad. And um, I will keep public hunting whitetail with my trad bow on public land here in Alberton, but then at some point I will venture over to my parents' folks' place, which they have a nice little um, hunting ranch. I wouldn't call it a hunting ranch. It's, you know, 1,200 acres where deer run around on. And so um, we put up a bunch of tree stands and get after it on the whitetails there. And I love to rattle them in. It's just so addicting. And so I will be traditional bow hunting for them as well. You're kind of one of the only, I'm not going to say Westie, but Westie, that um, I've talked to that actually hunts whitetails. I mean, there's not a whole, I don't understand it. Like, not that <laughs> many. That's because they all switched to rifles, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, that was so mean. That was such a dig. That was so mean. Um, <laughs> but they haven't real. experienced it. If they had experienced it, yeah, yeah. that would, that would be yeah so it's yeah i know i don't, I don't know I don't like know. i i just find that strange that there's so many people that live out west that they'll elk hunt they'll mule deer hunt they will antelope hunt yeah. but yeah. they don't ever chase a whitetail 
and I, I mean, I haven't been out west a whole lot, but right. in my travels out west, I've seen quite a few whitetails, and I'm like, man, they're all over. Nobody oh, yeah. hunts these things. This is crazy. They're everywhere. So yeah. <laughs> um. Well, and it, I mean, it depends on the type of hunter the person is. You know, mule deer generally have bigger horns, so they, you know, whitetails aren't picked on as much. Um, and I mean, it depends. Like, I think whitetail tastes way better, so I would way rather stick an arrow in a whitetail than in a mule deer. So it just, you know, it depends on what you're after. And then, you know, there's a lot of people who do get start rifle hunting and get to go after elk as well and that changes you know how the elk are behaving on public lands and so then like say i'm traditional bow hunting elk still on public land while pe- everyone else is rifle hunting then i have to relearn what what the critters are doing so you don't well, pick up a rifle at all no nope not unless it comes down to the very very end and i have not filled the tag or the freezer <laughs> yep it comes to the freezer i'll make up a, a circle a date on the calendar or i'll make a promise to cody and my family that if i don't get something by a certain day that i'll switch to the to the boomstick and i've had to do that before and i don't like it but <laughs> <laughs> and, but i've also it's... gotten you know my white tail on the last day of the season so you know just it's kind of blasphemous in the robertson household yeah. i mean <laughs> Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, it's right. Well, they know, I mean, meat's important and they, we all, we, all of us as a family live off of each other's harvest. So it's a, uh, you know, it's important, but we, we do pretty good jobs getting stuff with our bows. So we, we don't starve. <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. So, so yeah. it's been fun talking to you and <laughs> learning all about you and your business and kind of the whole homesteading thing too. Um, you, you want to, before we go, can you tell everybody where they can find you and find your company and all the cool things in your family's business as well? Yeah, sure. Okay. So first, um, my family's business, their traditional archery equipment is Robertson Stickbow. That's S-T-Y-K-B-O-W.com. And you can check out all of dad's handmade bows. They're beautiful, made out of exotic woods. And then my business is Pure Venatic, and that's P, Pure, and then Venatic, V-E-N-T-A-I-C.com. And you know what? I should probably make a promo code so you can all get a discount, right? So I'll cool. put, I'll make a promo code. Well, what, what, let's, what should we make it? PC 2020? PC. All right. PC 2020. When we're done with this, I'll make the code PC 2020, and we'll give you guys 20% off at purevenatic.com. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then so that's that and then like if they want to find you on social media how can they find okay. you okay well right now you should look for pure fanatic i have been told i have to start like diverging between my traditional archery life and my um lifestyle brand and so which is kind of weird but um, at the same time that's what i have to do so if you want to follow me i crazy traditional archery <laughs> woman <laughs> you can just look up yana robertson and i'm sure you'll find me around there somewhere and if you want to look up the clothing brand that's pure fanatic either way i feel like it's all gonna overlap so absolutely yeah you just find me around just look for me right okay. i'll out there i'll find you <laughs> all right so it's been fun i appreciate it so much thank you so much for coming on and uh right. it was good talking to you it was good talking to you thank you so much for having me luke okay 
Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Publicly Challenged podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to. Also, if you could leave a review, that would help us out. And you can check us out on Instagram or at publiclychallenged.com. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the show. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.